Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. As you said, the key thing to keep in mind is that Donald Trump is far and away the front runner. His support is as wide, Jake, as it is deep. And I remember being here in 2016. He was ahead at this point uh, in the polls. He didn't win. He lost to Ted Cruz. And a big reason is because it was organic. He had no organization on the ground. It is very different this time, Jake. His uh, campaign has been doing it in, in a very specific way. They have precinct cap in nearly 1,700 of the caucus sites, and that is certainly there. The thing that even the candidate, I am told, is asking over and over of his aides is, what about the weather? What am, he's very concerned about it. Obviously, all of the candidates, everybody here is, because I, mean, I came in here, and it was with the wind chill. Uh, minus 40 degrees. That's no joke, even for Iowans. So they are all, all of these campaigns are working on making sure that their supporters aren't complacent. Complacency with Trump is a big issue. They're concerned that uh, the voters might not go because they think he's going to win, but also it is getting people to the caucus sites, even in this frigid cold. Funny. I know a guy who said just that thing last week. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, what is going on? It is caucus day, people. Let's go do some voting and eat a donut, move around the gymnasium, put a name in a hat, I don't know, drink some of Meemaw cider, whatever it takes to decide who we're going to vote on, and then and then head home in temperatures that are going to be stupid, stupid cold. Now, oddly, around caucus time, it's going to be a little warmer than when Dana Bash of CNN uh, showed up to work uh, this this morning. We're talking about temperatures between 6 and 8 below. But with the wind chill, you'll be 20 below. So, you know, better than 40 below. Wait, hold on. No difference? Correct. People are not going to show up. This is why I have said that I believe this benefits Ron DeSantis. I believe this benefits DeSantis because his people are true believers, because expectations is the name of the game, and Trump's ahead, Trump's ahead, Trump's ahead, so his people could very well say, eh, he's going to win. And not necessarily uh, the, the, the diehard, but just the person who would caucus for him, eh, he's going to win, it's fine. It's totally fine. There's no need to worry, no need to do anything big uh, with this in any way, shape, or form. We don't even have to show up. The weather is an issue. And I believe it benefits Ron DeSantis. Why? Well, I can't even believe I'm saying this. Chuck Todd. So the question is always about turnout. Right. But that adds a new element. What are you going to be watching for tomorrow night in addition to the weather? Well, but that's the point here. It almost is the yeah. entire ballgame. Right. Turnout, because the smaller the turnout, that's when weird things happen here. Yes. You know, Rick Santorum didn't win in a large turnout. You know, those sorts of things. And Donald Trump has benefited from big turnouts. He really, you know, when we've had the higher the turnout has been in general election, the better more Trump voters have come. So and is there a uh, is there a complacency issue that Trump mm. has to worry about? So I think. 
you know, this is a, a question where weather has suddenly become the entire ball game. It should be a real advantage to Ron DeSantis. Ooh. Here's the guy that has been building an organization longer than any other campaign. He's got the governor on his side who's got a built-in organization. This is why you build an organization is when the weather drops unexpectedly. Are you going to get your people out, right? So in theory, this is all actually, I think, setting up really well right now for Ron DeSantis. This was the take. This was mine last week. We're going to know in a few hours. But let's be sure we're clear about a couple of things. There's very, very little room for Ron DeSantis to move if he does not win Iowa. I mean, it's possible that there's a second-place finish that can still move him towards South Carolina because, remember, he's not a New Hampshire guy. He's in fourth place in New Hampshire in single digits. Uh, I mean, Chris Christie may still get votes even though he's out of the race. He needs South Carolina, which is tough enough. Where's the money going to come from if Ron DeSantis doesn't win Iowa? What donors are still going to be like, you know what? I think you're going to tough it out, kid. I I don't know where those people are. Those people already gave $200 million to be right now in third place in Iowa. The latest poll was the Emerson poll. And the real clear politics average, I believe, is locked now. Trump, 52.5. Haley, 18.8. DeSantis, 15.7. DeSantis, in... Three of the last five polls was below Haley, and the other two was tied. That's that's a crash. That is a crash. How in the world do I now say, I think DeSantis is going to do better than expected? Because the people who believe in him will do it through anything. That's why. It's the only mathematics that I can bring you. Now, but Tony, will you will you admit if you're wrong? Well, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I? I'm not other people. You think my my whole life is 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 wrapped up in this? I've made my case. I think DeSantis should be the nominee. I think DeSantis would be better than both Trump and Haley in getting things done and having no baggage and not bringing the noise, but rather avoiding it altogether. That's my take. America might see it differently. I deal with reality. If DeSantis got the nomination, I'm telling you the the vast amount of Trump supporters wouldn't vote for him. And those people, I think, are terrible. That's right. I said terrible. How else could you possibly want me to say it? But his whole place sucks. That's right, it sucks. This is my take. I would love to be wrong. And if I was wrong, you know what I would say? Huh. I was wrong. I was wrong. I certainly hope I am. I don't think I am. But DeSantis has to win Iowa or have a very good second place in order to be able to get to South Carolina to have a shot. Those odds are small, kitten. Those odds are small. Now, let's go the other way with this, shall we? Let's take a look at Trump's numbers 
and understand what they mean. Trump is, to the real clear politics average, ahead by 33.7. Let's call it, let's round it down, because what can I say? We're good like that. And we'll say 33. If Trump takes Iowa by 33 points, everybody else can go home. Including you, Asa Hutchinson, who, by the way, is still in this race. Spoiler! Um, they're gone. Nikki Haley and, and Ron DeSantis don't exist. Ramaswamy doesn't exist. It's over. Over. The freakout over Trump's popularity. It cannot be understated. People cannot understand, they cannot accept, they cannot figure out why Trump is so popular. They can't understand why is it when the news around him gets worse, his support goes up. They really cannot believe. They really cannot believe that a guy who says this gets all this support. So if you want to save America from crooked Joe Biden, you must go caucus tomorrow. First step. Look at the first step. We're going to do it. We're going to do it big. You got to get out. You can't sit home. If you're sick as a dog, you say, darling, even if you vote and then pass away, it's worth it. If you're sick, if you're just so sick, you can't. Darling, I don't think. Get up. Get up. If you vote and then pass away, it will be worth it. That's a statement, baby. And people are like, I don't get it. He's indicted for 900 things. I don't get it. The same thing that moves the support is the same thing that could be a downfall. There is no question. None. No question that these indictments are political and meant to skew uh, an election. The people who support this are disgusting. The people who support this are un-American. They are violent, ideologues, authoritarians, and they must be fought in the streets if necessary. Jack Smith is a lowlife, and Fannie Willis is a lowlife, and Letitia James is a lowlife. These people are awful. And in the case of Fannie Willis, we're talking about Fulton County here. Not only is it clear and true that she is engaged in an affair. She is having a sexual relationship with the guy she hired to be the prosecutor. That guy left his wife destitute and said, I'm going here where the sweet, sweet cash is. Never mind everything expensed out to the city and to the county. Trips he took with uh, Fannie Willis while the two had an affair. His name is Nathan Wade. He's been getting a rate of $250 an hour to serve as an attorney consultant and then special assistant district attorney in the investigation and prosecution. 
How about being in, in reimbursed $4,000 for two eight-hour meetings at the White House on May 23rd and November 18th of 2022? They were listed as conference with the White House counsel and interview uh, with, with the White House. Why was a guy who's now engaged in a prosecution of Donald Trump meeting with the Biden White House? You don't need to spell it out any more than that. I'm not a Trump guy. But this is what's happening. A full and complete total abuse of power. These people will do anything to win. They don't care how they lie. They don't care how they steal. They don't care how they manipulate. They're the most disgusting, disgusting people on planet Earth. Fannie Willis clearly from this needs to be investigated for fraud, for an abuse of power. And what has she now declared? Well, uh, you see, Republicans are, are racists. I'm, I'm sorry, what now? Well, Republicans are, 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 are racists. They're accusing me. Well, first, how about this terrible uh, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene? Dear God, I do not want to be like those that attack me. I never want to be a Marjorie Taylor Greene who has never met me but has allowed her spirit to be filled with hate. How does this woman, who has the honor of being a leader in my state, how is it that she has not reached out to me? She can tell me, I don't agree with anything you're doing, but I do not agree with people threatening your life or the life of your family. That is conduct that is wrong and intolerable, and as a leader, I shall not stand for it. You brought a RICO predicate against Donald Trump and others as a way of getting to Donald Trump. And now you want to tell us about morality? I don't think anybody should be threatening you, by the way. But let's be clear, you're not a decent person. And as you stated so uneloquently, they only attacked one. First they say, oh, she's going to play the race card. But no, God, isn't it them that's playing the race card when they only question one? You're involved potentially in impropriety of your office. You're the one who has hired a guy who you're having sex with, which I'm pretty sure is a hashtag me too moment. And if somebody should ask a question, it's the race card because you're black. Is there a moment, Fannie Willis or supporters, that you just stop talking Racism, racism, racism. We get it. We we get. It. We've heard a lot about this. Now questioning something ethically, based on a on, on a reality that no one even denies. That's the bigotry. It's racist to note that you're having an affair with the guy you paid six hundred fifty thousand dollars to of taxpayer money to go after Trump, where he was involved in White House meetings before the indictments came down. It's racist to note that? Oh, shut up. Just stop. Anybody who falls for that, anybody who buys into that, anybody who believes that clearly works at MSNBC. I mean, your television show is just waiting for you if you believe in that. And that's why Trump's so popular. That's why. Will it translate to the Iowa caucus? I don't think so.
But if he wins by 30, there's nothing else to talk about. The reason that people support him is because they know he's being abused. The reason that I'm concerned about him winning a general is because not everybody who supports him uh, is, uh, it, that, that's not the totality of the voter. All the people who support him are not the totality of the voter. There's a lot of voters, and a fair amount of them hate that guy, thinks he deserves this, and his road to winning the White House in a general is difficult. Haley and DeSantis, even though they hate DeSantis and they'll hate Haley, I believe they have easier roads. Me, I'm going purely politics. I just want to win, kitten. I just want to win. Well, you can't win without the right guy. Uh, the right guy has to start with the guy who can win. That's my argument. But if Trump's the nominee, I'm going to do what I can. Meanwhile, the caucuses are about to begin. We'll let them decide and then we'll talk about it. I'm Tony Katz. As has been reported, a U.S.-owned cargo ship was struck by a missile off the coast of Yemen. That is footage of a ship on fire from a helicopter. Black smoke everywhere. I'm assuming this hit leads to some kind of sinking. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Um, at what moment do these strikes that have taken place in Yemen in these Houthi-controlled areas, which are on the Red Sea, at what moment does this lead to something greater? Someone had noted that this was a proxy war between, uh, it's been going on for years, between Saudi Arabia and Iran in, in, in Yemen. And it was Saudi Arabia that was paying to deal with the Houthi rebels. Now we're doing it. But I, I would caution against that argument. This comes from the Houthi rebels trying to take ships two months ago, sending missiles at Israel, and at American interests, and the Biden administration doing nothing. They attempted, did they attempt negotiation? Attempt some other kind of diplomacy against Houthi rebels backed by Iran? This is what happens when you think Iran is your friend. Something for Barack Obama and Ben Rhodes. Was it, was it Tommy Veter and all that, all the other ones? Was he part of that? I don't recall. I just The name popped into my head as someone connected in that way. They were all wrong. They were all fools. They were all supporters of Iran, lovers of Iran. They just wanted to lay themselves down by the fire for Iran, get themselves that sweet Ayatollah loving. By the way, that's a visual. You're welcome. Try and get that on NPR. The mistakes are massive. The Iran nuclear deal, massive mistake. Trying to get back into it. Massive mistake. They're the enemy. And while it may bother some people that we have enemies, we do. I'm not looking for a fight. The fight is coming to us. 
And Joe Biden allowed it to exacerbate. His failure is going to get people killed, just like it did to 13 U.S. service members in the withdrawal from Afghanistan. This is Tony Katz today. about immigration. For me, Republicans use immigration issue as a placeholder for their anger over the changing nature of America. I mean, that's what it's fundamentally about. It's Matthew Dowd is as dumb as a stump. That is an unbelievably rude thing for me to say. However, the thing I want to say, I can't say on radio. So I'm going with dumb as a stump. You think that immigration is a conversation that Republicans use because those white guys don't like all them brown people coming? May I ask what Beverly, not Beverly D'Angelo, she was, Beverly D'Angelo starred with Chevy Chase in the the vacation movies. I was saying Robin D'Angelo, who wrote the nonsense book, White Fragility. I was going to ask what Robin D'Angelo class taught you that. Ah, Beverly D'Angelo, gone too soon. Wait, is she still alive? I don't don't know. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. What an ignorant conversation from a small man. You have... Plenty of people across the spectrum bothered by what's happening at the border. When Henry Cuellar, the Democrat from Texas, talks about issues with the border, is is that because he doesn't like the changing nature of America? It's embarrassingly daft. And what's worse, Matthew Dad is having this conversation while wearing a Detroit Lions uh, sweater, uh, hoodie. I have no idea if the man's a Detroit Lions fan or not. I am not. But for those people who have been long-suffering and had to wait 32 years for their first home playoff victory, their first time in the playoffs since 1992, is, is, is that it? Um, or was that, the, wait, was that the last win? I don't know when the last time in the playoffs was. Um, it, 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 it's just gross. I feel bad for the people of Detroit watching Matthew Dowd do this. How, how dare he don the Honolulu Blue? Just absolutely gross. The Lions uh, beat the Rams 24-23. Um, that, so that uh, happened. But let's not talk immigration right now. Let's not talk the border right now, although I certainly speak often about the border. Let us talk about the riot that took place at, at the White House uh, yesterday, was it the day before, over the weekend. We'll call it over the weekend. A riot took place. You... Heard about it because you have social media. You heard about it because you have radio. No one's talking about this. ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post. These aren't journalistic outfits. You've been aware of this for a very long time. How much more do you need to see? These are not trusted outlets. If you actually read the, the, the New York Times because of the journalism, that's unserious. That's unserious stuff. 
These people would not report anything that did not move an agenda they thought was necessary. The idea that it is news is laughable. All the news that's fit to print, which was the slogan, the the standard for the New York Times. Well, they've really got a unique view of what is fit. And what's fit is whatever fits their ideological agenda, not what is actually news. A riot took place. These pro-Hamas protesters, and they are pro-Hamas, attempted to tear down the fencing and enter the White House. I know that this was a problem because the people inside the White House were relocated. Now, I know what you're saying. Tony, don't you mean evacuated? Oh, no. Oh, no. That's, that's not how uh, things are discussed when you're talking about the Biden White House, when you don't want to insult these people, these, these pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist, pro-Jew-hating, pro-murder people are. Uh, those are your voters. You can't insult them. So instead of having to evacuate members of the White House, they were just relocated. See that? That's... That's how the minds work. Crack minds over there at the Biden admin. During the demonstration near the White House complex January 13th, a portion of the anti-scale fencing that was erected for the event sustained temporary damage. The issue was promptly repaired on site by U.S. Secret Service support teams. Is that right? Is, Is that because you told me it was? Because you told me it was. Um... If we take all of these pro-Hamas protesters, they're going to tell you that they're pro-Palestine protesters, which only further proves my point that they're pro-Hamas. If you took them and you took away or you took all of their Palestinian flags and you replaced them with Trump hats, big red trucker hats, how many news outlets would this be a part of? And that, kids, is the ballgame. This is is what we're talking about. This is the issue. These people screaming about um, ceasefires and the rest, that is not their plan. Here is a rally in the UK. I dare you to look into the eyes of a Gaza child and tell him that you tried your best. Our day will come. But we must not be complacent. Our day will come, but we must normalize massacres as the status quo. Thank you. You understand what he just said. Our day will come, but we must normalize massacres as the status quo. Huh. That's a... That's a statement, kitten. This is who the pro-Hamas side are. They'll scream free Palestine or pro-Palestine. That's not what they're about. They're about dead Jews. They're about destroying Israel. This is Senator Chris Van Holland of Maryland 
on CNN. Uh, I do believe that the Biden administration uh, could exercise U.S. leverage uh, more effectively. Uh, they have succeeded in getting the Netanyahu government to make some very small uh, changes uh, in their conduct, uh, but not nearly enough to ch- achieve Secretary Blinken's goal and President Biden's goal of uh, dramatically reducing the number of civilian casualties. Uh, we're now up to over 22,000 people dead, two-thirds of them women and children, and not enough uh, leverage to get the kind of humanitarian assistance into Gaza that's needed to address a desperate situation that's getting worse. So I would like to know where you got your numbers from. I, I am not doubting that there are people dead in Gaza. I am not doubting that at all. I only want to know where you got your numbers from, because if you get your numbers from the Gaza Health Ministry, you're getting your num- your numbers from Hamas. That number cannot be trusted. And I think that we should have a clear accounting. But if you want over the top, I give you Bernie Sanders for that. Jake, we have got to, as Americans, take a very deep breath. What is going on in Gaza right now is a horrendous humanitarian catastrophe. We're looking at 23,000 people who have been killed. Almost 60,000 have been wounded. And two-thirds of the people who have been killed are women and children. You're looking at 70% of the housing units in Gaza that have been destroyed. Jake, if I use the word Dresden, Germany to you, you think about the horrific destruction during World War II of that city. What is going on in Gaza now in three months is worse than what took place in Dresden. Well, that's a statement. I mean, that's a... You you you, you just want to uh, really keep up the idea, Bernie, of Israelis as Nazis, okay? All right. Oh, no, no, no. You, you think they're terrorists. You, you say so. Over a two-year period. This is a catastrophe. And now, according to the United Nations... After you have 1.9 million people displaced from their homes, they don't have food, they don't have water, they don't have medical equipment, they don't have fuel. What you are looking at is imminent starvation. Children are starving to death. So my view has been from the beginning, Israel has a right to respond to this horrific terrorist attack from Hamas. But you do not have a right to go to war against an entire people, women and children. And Okay. Maybe our problem here for people like Bernie Sanders is that you're on the wrong side of everything. I mean, this is a level of of sheer ignorance here. The answer lies in Hamas surrendering. Everybody knows this. All rational people understand this. But you'll notice he doesn't call for that. The people of Gaza don't have food or water or medicine or fuel. That's the fault of Hamas. And in no other setting in the world would it be incumbent on one of the parties at war to provide for the other party at war with them. Hamas attacks Israel, and the Israelis are supposed to feed everybody? 
Tell Hamas to feed everybody. Oh, that's right. Hamas doesn't do that. Hamas doesn't supply the drinking water. Hamas doesn't care about the sanitary conditions. Hamas doesn't want to live a life. They only want dead Jews. So when you give me the numbers of dead, I agree with you that there are dead women and dead children, and it is awful. But you never called and used your pulpit to get Hamas to surrender. And everything will be better, and the deaths will stop when Hamas is gone. So I don't really give a good holy damn how angry Bernie Sanders is with Jake Tapper on CNN. Bernie Sanders is low, loathsome, and purposefully ignorant, or worse, not purposefully, to not recognize that this ends with Hamas ending, to not recognize that Israel owes nothing to Hamas. Oh, and aid has already gone in because of Israel, as it has always gone in before because of Israel. Israel's perfection? I'm not here to debate that. I don't... You find Israel imperfect? Okay. I find your mom imperfect. Now what? We're all imperfect. I'm pretty sure Christians are like, yeah, Tony, that's the whole point. Now what? Israel should just sit there and take it from the Jew haters who want them dead and their enablers in the United States Senate? Bitch, please. I don't think that's what they should do. And I think that the more that progressives like Van Hollen and Sanders talk like this, the more we should note how much they miss the most decent argument. Tell Hamas to surrender. Watch the peace unfold. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. These are the people who then come to Washington, D.C., to the White House and engage a riot that forces the White House to evacuate staff. And I am told that they're the decent ones. This story is nowhere to be found because the media, the vaunted journalists, they don't find this a good story for the narrative. Which is why you listen to talk radio and you search other ways. Because while they won't tell a story, we tell every story. There's a reason we're better. There's a reason we don't fail and they constantly do. That is called honesty. The full engagement of of what is happening and hitting the sides and then making a declaration about why we choose one side over another side. And certainly, I side with free and, aside with free and thinking people who believe in Israel's existence then side with a Chris Van Hollen or a Bernie Sanders or any of those Jew-hating, Israel-hating, democracy-hating freaks who try to go into the White House. I'm Tony Katz. We say to America, is be true to what you said on paper. (laughs) If I lived in 
China or even Russia or any totalitarian country. Maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over there. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. May I just say for the record that uh, this is an address that the American left should pay very close attention to. Because it is this from Martin Luther King that you have strayed so far from. Your DEI, your constant refrains of bigotry, your desire, your need, your want, your demand that race be the only marker, the only decision maker, the only thing on the Rubicon to decide lives and livelihoods. You're so far gone. You're the ones who need to live up to what was said on paper. Yes, progressives, you Stop thinking you're righteous. And if you say we all do, I'll say to you, absolutely. Let us continue that pursuit until the very end. My problem is you want to end it soon. This is why I start where I start. Progressives, you are the ones who have strayed from the words of Martin Luther King. Which I thought we celebrate midweek, but I guess today is when people have off, so we're celebrating it today. Okay. You have strayed. Why not spend some time coming home to rational thought and a better view of the world and yourself?